I think it's the Denver Nuggets. I, I know you're pretty high on them. No pun intended. <laughs> Denver but, Pacho. Well, Mile High City as well. You're right. Let's go! Come on, everybody, and let's get to bumping, cause it's Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash holybackboard. Over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. All right, everybody. Welcome to the 47th edition of the Holy Backboard podcast. I am Dustin here in Rip City, and I got my man. Sage, chilling in Southern Oregon. And... This this might be the first episode where I'm not mad at you. I'm I'm a little annoyed with you because we had our fantasy draft a few days ago, and it's an auction draft, and someone that I'd have a podcast with kept overbidding on players I liked continuously. So overbidding? I don't think I over I overbid once. I stuck to the ESPN average auction value. And I actually ended up with four extra dollars, so I'm a little mad about myself. I didn't go after another guy who wanted a little bit more. Every time I got a deal, no, not every single time, but a lot of the times, I'm really good at fantasy football. So I'm used to getting screwed over on my deals. I just am. But I'm not used to my my homie, Rally Kitty, a.k.a. Dustin Haas, being the one who adds that extra dollar in the bid. Or, or adds that extra dollar in the bid. Or just... I wasn't doing it intentionally to you. I was. There was we. I mean, obviously, great minds think alike. We were going after the same players. I actually have my work fantasy draft tomorrow, which I'm really stoked for. Um, I really like fantasy football. Um, enjoy fantasy hoops as well. Uh, speaking of hoops, Sage, who do you think outside of, of Russell? I know everyone's going nuts for Russell, but you're a big DFS guy. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Who are probably three sleepers that are a little undervalued right now in fantasy hoops coming up for people who are looking at their mock drafts? Jeremy Lin, Tim Frazier, those are my top two. Because of the Drew Holiday, him being out, Jeremy Lin because he's the only ball handler. And can I just put anybody that's going against Houston? Okay, so those are two really good guards. Obviously, Jeremy Lin is going to be the primary backcourt option for the Brooklyn Nets. Probably the second option on offense outside of Brook Lopez. Uh, as you mentioned, Tim Frazier is likely going to start at point guard for the New Orleans Hornets. Pelicans. Or Pelicans. Uh, big time unfortunate news as Lauren Holiday, who is a two-time gold medalist herself from the U.S. women's soccer team, um, is the wife of Drew Holiday. She is pregnant and also has a brain tumor, so they're waiting until the baby is born to um, operate on her brain. And Drew, taking the right road, is saying, hey, family comes first. I'm going to miss some games. Obviously, the, the Pelicans did the right move, and they're sticking by their guy. They're not you know, saying, hey, you need to play. Uh, great family atmosphere down there in New Orleans. And I just you know, say, say a prayer for them. If you don't believe in prayer, just keep them in your thoughts because you know, that team, whether the same parts are there or not, they've had a rough couple of years with Ryan Anderson and his girlfriend committing suicide, and now you have the, the brain tumor coinciding with, the, with you know, the, the pregnancy of their first child. I really can't imagine what's going on yeah. uh, with him 
right now. And I mean, with the flooding that's happened in Louisiana, yeah. I mean that that part of the country really has been going through some shit. And we're not even talking about you know the Alton um, Sterling and Baton Rouge, and then you have the Baton Rouge police police officers getting killed. Um, it, yeah, you're right. Down there could use a lot of you know good thoughts. So you know, think of think of our friends down south right now. It, it's a wonderful place to experience, but I'm very happy I'm in the Pacific Northwest. You know, we need to get out there and get some you know Cajun cuisine. Oh because- man, I, I'm very proud of the Pelicans organization for saying, "Hey, you got to stick by the lo- your beloved." I heard an interview with uh, Gentry during a Saints game. When they talked about Drew Holiday, he was very, um, uh, we, there, there's some things going on, and, well, now we know, and I know, now I know why the Pelicans brought in Ty Lawson, Lance Stevenson, because we're, we're going to need a ball handler eventually. Wait, didn't Ty Lawson sign with the Sacramento Kings? Yeah, but we brought him in. Oh, but he, before. okay, yeah. he passed on him. Well, <laughs> He ain't taking the vet minimum. Did you end up signing Lance Stevenson? Nah. So, so that goes back to Tim Frazier. Yep. What would you think Buddy Hill's chances are? We saw he's a little bit of a chucker in summer league. He's obviously going to get a ton of looks. He's going to get thrown in there. Is he going to be able to be an efficient scorer for the Pelicans? And is he a possible late-round fantasy sleeper? I personally wouldn't do it, but I don't do yearly. It, it really depends on... How confident you are in him? I I don't I don't think he'll have a good start of the year. So if he starts to pick it up, you can get him on waivers. So you mentioned two ball handlers. Who is a big man that's under the radar that you are going to be scooping up on a nightly basis? Ooh, that's just a very good question. Um, maybe even Ryan Anderson. We talked about how bad of a defense they are. I think Ryan Anderson's going to put up some major numbers, and I think Jokic of the Denver Nuggets, who we'll talk about later, definitely is going to put up some numbers. Enos Cantor is going to have a monster fantasy year in Oklahoma City. He is going to be the second option on offense for a Thunder team that is going to live in the post. They're going to live in the paint. You've got Russell, you've got Adams, you've got Cantor, uh, you've got Baby Sabonis. They are going to live in the paint. He puts up amazing numbers in limited time. Pick him up. Mm-hmm. So we gave you some fantasy gems, but... Jeremy Lin, I think he's getting 18 a game. Whew, can, speaking of a fantasy, the real thing happens, I just did the math, in less than four weeks. The Blazers start the preseason against the Utah Jazz at home on October 3rd. It kicks off a it's a pretty long seven-game preseason um, slate, which showcases the Blazers against the Jazz, Suns, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz again, and Warriors keeping it all West Coast, so the travel is short and sweet. But it feels almost like yesterday we were talking about the playoffs, previewing the Clippers and the Warriors, um, and then even maybe doing our free agency wrap-up. The the summer, when you think about it, it's flown by pretty quick. And as much as I love the Oregon Ducks, and they're still like one of my main teams, for call, and I love college football, I am itching to get back onto the hardwood. Oh, my God, man. You have no idea, like... I can't wait for NBA 2K. I can't wait for actual basketball to happen. That that those are the two things I am extremely excited about. 
You mean, are like a goddamn kid <laughs> waiting for Christmas morning with this fucking NBA 2K17. Now, I know it's a fly game. I, I want I want it as well. But you just keep texting me, hey, Dustin, you see this new feature? They got new arena sounds. Each new arena has its own different sound. The buzzers, they're all different per arena. It's like, you, you seen the video? You seen it yet? Have you seen the ratings? What do you think? It's, it's, it's true. It's very true. No, I'm not, it's, it's not like I can lie about it. I'm really excited about that game. I can't wait to check out the My Park, the My Career, the My Team, create a franchise with the Trailblazers. So, so get, let me get this straight. I can create a franchise with the classic Trailblazers I as well. I believe so. I believe that is one of the things. Drexler and Porter are going to be taking over the league like it's 91. I wonder what, what you're going to have to pay for uh, Drexler and Porter back for it. Maybe combined be- $3.7 <laughs> Keep it on 91 salaries. <laughs> If they have that, that, that that'd be pretty sweet. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna rock with the normal Blazers, the normal Pelicans teams. When I play, I don't want to mess with like classic teams, and I, I I love making trades in all sport games. Oh yeah, I keep so my, those, like, my seven because they only put like seven real guys on there. Then you get a bunch of randos they generate. Randos. <laughs> so I still got room for one or two extra additions. Yeah, and then you'll. Tr- that you'll trade for some picks that end up, you know, they forget to put, like, a protection on their pick and you get something lucky. I don't know. So you're obviously extremely hyped about this game. It, when does it come out? So it comes out the 27th, but there's a demo that comes out the 9th, which your boy is going to get. So what are you most – what is the newest, best feature that is making you so excited about the, this game? So what are you looking forward to most? Just it's got to be my park. It's, it's my career slash my park. The part of the game that I excel at. Anyone that's played me in t- just regular team knows I'm good at it anyway. But my park is where I excel. I've been a legend every time I've played the game, which is extremely tough to do. Throw out your handle if anybody ever wants to get oh, <laughs> The Sage 504 on Xbox One and PSN. So my dude's got both. Yeah. Next gen console, so you know his game's pretty tight. Oh man! Sometimes I get the you're the worst player ever, but most of the time I get a bunch of you're really good uh, texts and stuff from people. So this is the best this this is the best NBA game that's coming out, and you know I'm I'm locked into it. So I check out all the retweets and stuff. Someone accidentally or on purpose posted some of the Blazers. Oh, you know that's on purpose. You know that's on purpose. Oh, of course. But I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. And we only have four people's ratings. The official one is CJ McCollum at 83 overall, which I know you're not happy about. Oh, no, that is, that is a Bush League rating, 2K. He, is, he has an A-plus three-point shot, though. It better be. <laughs> Dave only has an A-minus, which I found pretty insane. So Damian Lillard is an 89 overall, which... I think that's a top 10. CJ McCollum's an 83. Uh, our boy Mason Plumlee's a 78. And his inside scoring's a B minus, which I think's a little high. And Alfredo Camino is a 77. And his three point shooting is a D minus. Now, come on, TK. <laughs> I, I know you're the most realistic sports game out there, but anybody who watched the playoffs knows that Chief can get hot so that means you know his consistency is a little bit low but at the very least his three-point shooting should be a c 
I mean, I've seen him a lot in his career, and he has not his career this past he, season. And I've seen improvements in yes. that. So I don't think it's a D. I don't think it's a D minus, but C minus D plus C. Okay, all right. We've had many arguments about well, the ratings. When you see that Dwayne Wade is an 87, his washed-up ass is an 87, and CJ is an 83, you get the fuck out of there. I mean, I know it's, it's video games and everything, but it's still just like Blazers don't get any respect. Uh, I think once they do the roster updates, what do they do? Weekly? CJ, the guy your jersey you're wearing right now, he'll, he'll get boosted up real quick. Yep. I'm, just, I'm, I'm getting it the second it comes out. I know you're going to wait for Christmas because you're an adult. Are you tempted at all to actually buy the game early? Buy the game on the the well, day it's released, or are you are you waiting to get all the glitches out? I want it for Christmas because I like opening up video games. I like getting like kid stuff for Christmas. It's really fun. Even at at thirty one, I still like get super excited if I if I get something that I didn't know it was coming. Video games are also great to ask the parents. It's super easy for them to pick up. But what makes me want to get it is like you have to pre order to play as the dream team. How are, how are they even enforcing that? That's my question. I'm sure it's a downloadable part of the game once it's released. I seriously doubt it's going to be only for the people that pre-order. Yeah. I mean, it, video game companies want content to be delivered, so they're, they're not going to not let someone like you who gets it for Christmas, a.k.a. a Christmas noob, not get the Dream Team. Christmas noob. So, I mean, our fans definitely get to know that I get busy in the 2K. But switching back to... Real basketball? To the real basketball. For the second year in a row, our guy Damian Lillard, a.k.a. the best leader in the entire NBA, in my opinion, has organized another summer San Diego you know, pre-training camp workout session with, I believe, every trailblazer who is healthy is there. And this just shows, one, they're not resting on their laurels. They could be like, hey, we made it to the second round last year. We don't need to do this, this bullshit anymore. We know we're too good for that. Two, it shows they're hungry. And three, it really does show that they follow Dame's lead and that Dame is always going to be a small school, un- unheralded, recruited guy who has a chip on his shoulder no matter how big a shoe contract is, no matter how many all-star appearances he makes no matter how many you know big shots he makes he's always going to play with that chip on his shoulder and I think that benefits the trailblazers because he's hungry and the team feeds off of his his vibe and if Dame's hungry the rest of them are hungry and if you're not you you know you're going to find yourself either on the bench or on a one-way ticket out to another destination because you've just been traded Uh, but I think this is if you're a blazer fan this has to be the the best news of of the offseason the fact that they're going down there again and I guess what just amazes me is in today's NBA, like you've got guys who are working out, you know, maybe in their hometown or with their college coach or they're playing, you know, in a, a Orlando league. Orlando league or whatever. And oh, UCLA has a great runs. They're just doing their own thing. To actually get 15 plus guys, because you're getting some of the training camp invites who are down there too, like Tim Quarterman, they're all there. Like they are willingly saying, yes, I am cutting my, my personal summer short to come work out with the team. They're putting the team first. The culture is in place, folks. Mm. This is a beautiful sign. Yeah, and and just think, a lot of those players that are coming to San Diego just got paid. They were restricted free agents. The team matched them. They're dedicated to this team. 
because I know a lot of I've been a fan of bad teams. They don't do that when they just got paid. Just that's another great point. Yeah, they just got their payday. They could they could easily just sit back and say I'm I'm good. I've mm-hmm. got my guaranteed money. But no, they want they want to not only earn that check, they're playing for that next contract. They want to mm-hmm. validate themselves. And you know Alan Crabb, Evan Turner, Mo Harkless, Myers Leonard, even CJ to a certain extent, they've heard the chatter that they're overpaid. Portland spent way too much money on their backcourt this offseason. Portland's going to go in the luxury tax. Why did they retain everybody at such a high price? They hear that. They're on social media. So that gives them more fuel to their fire. I've been listening to a lot of Blazers podcasts because we haven't made our own in a week, week and a half. People are wondering about Evan Turner's role. I feel like his role is pretty defined. I think he's getting somewhere in the realm of 25 to 33 minutes a game. Yep. Is that what you think too? Because there's people that are confused because... Because they think Crab's going to get all those minutes. I think there's a lot of versatility on our roster. So that people is, are going to get minutes in any slot. That and is then, the key. Basketball is positionless now. Yeah. So you can't just say you pencil in. You know when people do their depth charts and they're you know penciling in minutes here and there. Well, Dame's going to get some minutes at the one. He's going to get some minutes at the two. Turner's probably going to get minutes at the one, two, and three. You've got a guy like Aminu who could you know, three and four, these guys are very versatile and they can switch back and forth. And like you said, it's they're versatile. It's all going to depend on the matchup, who's hot, who's injured, maybe just who coach feels like rolling with, just a gut instinct. But yeah, I feel like his role is pretty defined. The only really question is whether he's starting or coming off the bench because he was brought in here to be the, the third ball handler. Mm-hmm. We needed another de facto point guard to help out Damon CJ. If anyone's listened to our podcast in the last six months, they've heard us screaming from the cliffs about how Dame gets blitzed every pick and roll. Yeah, and you've got to be able to pass it to somebody. Yes, you could pass it to Amino and he could shoot that three, but like we said, it can be inconsistent at times. So if you pass it to Turner, then he's a true triple threat. Mm -hmm. Dribble, shoot, or pass. And he can initiate the offense once he gets the ball there. We saw that in the playoffs against the Clippers when we gave Mason Plumlee was our, our really our third playmaker in that series at the top of the key because of his ability to put the ball on the floor. And a lot of players just can't do that these days. That's why I'm perfectly fine with paying Evan Turner with what he got because like having a post game as a guard, being able to create off of the dribble as a guard as well is almost a, a lost art. You've got so many specialized 3 and D type of players out there now that being able to either post up a defender or take your man off the dribble and create for others, that's not as common as it once was. Even if you watched Boston last year, there were times where Isaiah Thomas deferred to Evan Turner on offense because Isaiah Thomas, let's be real, he's a me-score-first type of guy. When they need to get a good shot opportunity, they're going to give it to Evan Turner and have him run the offense. So I think his role is clearly defined. He's going to get, if not starters minutes, serious rotation minutes. So I'm yeah, not, he's, I'm not he's easily in the, in the top seven. Yeah. Like there's no, and again, it's an 82 game season. You don't want it to happen, but you know players are going to get banged up. You know, knock on wood that nothing serious happens, but players are going to miss games. You want to have a deep roster. You don't want to feel like, oh shit, we just lost Evan Turner. You know, there goes the next five or six games that he's out how exactly we felt when Dame went out last year. You know, thankfully the team rallied and actually won the majority of those, but if you had asked all of us before that, 
we were all pretty worried when Dame went out. I honestly, and people have asked me this, how do you feel about the season? I'm still scared. If Damian Lillard gets hurt, we're still going to lose games. I, I, I think we're improved, but he is a star player, and we depend on him a lot. I hope he plays all 82, because I don't want to risk what happens if he's out. I know we rallied last year, but... The thing, though, is CJ can elevate his game, and we saw that. He can play... He is more of a, a me-first point guard when he does play that point guard role, but he can get buckets, and he can create for himself, especially we've seen that when, when Dame's been a little bit cold and we've gone to CJ. Mm. He can carry the team. like He's getting paid like a guy who's going to carry a team. So if Dame is out, of course it all depends on the matchups. If we're on a long road trip, you know we're not going to win 8 of 10 if Dame's out 10 games. But I think we'll be okay if we, if, you know, not, I don't even like talking about this. I don't want to jinx it. Um, I don't want Dame to get hurt. But, you know, if Dame has to miss another seven-game stretch, I think we'll be in great shape because we do have a guy like Evan Turner who can come in and handle the offense. We do have CJ who I think is ready to live up to that contract. Um I think any GM in the league worth their weight in salt would have made that offer to him. You do not want to let another team come in next offseason and give him some sort of poison pill, you know, mm. contract at an early opt out in year three. No, we've got him for four years. He's a young two guard. Mm. He and Dame are like best bros. They, the chemistry is through the roof. I, I think this offseason was just a huge win for the Blazers. And the chemistry they're building right now in San Diego, that is something that, yes, advanced stats and advanced analytics are great, but they're only great for for so much. They only have so much worth in my mind. A a lot of it is the eye test. A lot of it is stats. And then a lot of it is just the intangibles, like chemistry. Mm -hmm. There is no formula that will ever be created that can measure chemistry. Either you have it or you don't. It's whether you know a guy's going to cut back door at a certain time or not. It's whether you know you're down 12 points going into the fourth quarter. Who's going to rally you? Like, you really believe that you're going to come back. There's certain things like crowd support that we have here in Portland that it's just not quantifiable. And, you know, I'm kind of making this transition into these advanced analytics because ESPN really needs to just throw throw their shit away. Whatever they're doing with real plus minus for wins, projecting wins, is I, garbage. I like real plus minus. I use it as a statistic when I look at evaluate players. I, I go with the eye test. PER. No, I just go straight eye test first, then advanced statistics, which is per, and then real plus minus. And then I talk to people that are humongous fans of the team or of the player and get their opinion. So and I, I think that's I think the way it, to go. I think that advanced stats are one of the one of the three things that you should look at. Yes. You're, you're evaluating talent. But it shouldn't be the end-all, be-all. Exactly. Like, exactly. And that was where I was going to. Like, you have a pie. Sir, you should only allocate so much to eye tests, so much to advance, and so much to, you know, I guess miscellaneous. It's, it's a changing game, bro. you got to be balanced and versatile with everything you're doing. Yeah. But I say this because ESPN did a real – they projected wins based off of real plus minus. Um, I'm just going to go through the top eight. They had Golden State at 67, uh, San Antonio number two at, at 54 and a half, the Jazz number three at 47. I don't get that love. I don't, Sage, we'll I don't talk get about it. The Clippers at four with 46, 
Houston at five with just the under 40. Jesus fit. Christ. No, this, this, this isn't real anymore. Oklahoma City at six with 45.6. Our Blazers at seven with 44.5. They do not think we're going to win any more games than we did last year. And when, when they and said the Rockets were this, that high. The Denver Nuggets at eight at 40.4. I, I think the Nuggets will be better than we think. But the I Nuggets, don't. Th- I think they'll be competing for a playoff spot. No. No, we'll no. talk about the Nuggets later. We will, but, but yeah. But okay, a lot of flaws on this. Yeah, real plus the, minus. the real plus minus should kill Ryan Anderson, should kill Eric Gordon, James Harden. They're, did you see the Rockets are trying to trade for Rudy Gay? That is going to be that. See, that's where chemistry is going. to – I'm not saying Rudy Gay is a bad chemistry player, but you've got Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon, James Harden, and Rudy Gay. They are all me, me first shooters. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, that's what they do. Black they basketball. Black yep. holes on offense. So remember when the Marcus Aldridge would take every mid-range shot available? Oh God! No, so it's don't gonna mind. be like it's gonna be like that with the Rockets all day. I wish we did a division preview of the Southwest. I have so many hot takes. But I, I read this <laughs> I read this article, and I stopped right when I saw Utah Jazz at three, and then the forty-seven point six projected wins. Sage, that that is so unrealistic. Right before this podcast, I did the math. Going back over the course of ten years of NBA of the, of the Western Conference, the average amount of wins it took to get the third seed is fifty five point five, and I believe the lowest number of wins was fifty one, and that was only um, projected during that lockout shortened shortened season. So the Lakers had about a sixty two percent win percentage. I took that out of an 82-game season. It came out to be about 51 games. So in 10 years, 51 was the lowest. About 56 was the average. And they're saying 47.6. Get the fuck out of here. Move on to the next thing we're talking about. Because that's just bullshit. People are getting so lazy with their advanced stats saying, this is how this will happen. Nah. There's so many other things in a basketball game than just your base stats or your per 36 stats. It's whatever. I can't wait for actual basketball using analytics to crutch for all arguments. Well, yeah, I sound salty today. Well, the problem <laughs> is it's August, September when these are made. You know they're looking for page views. They're, they're looking for us to talk about it. Um, but when you're that outrageous, you deserve to get called out because that's just a ridiculous... If your formula spits out 47 wins for third seed in West, you need to throw that formula in the trash because it's not. Yeah, that uh, 10 years of data is better than George Hill's positive one on, on defense and negative point six on offense. Well, to be honest, I mean, I could have gone back through every year. I don't even know 47 wins. I, I think it's always been at least over 50 wins has maybe gotten you the third seed. The third seed is... I mean, that's. That's lofty territory, man. You're, yeah. you're home court. For the Champions first. can yeah. win out of the third yeah. seed. It's not like you know it's only the top two. No, we've seen teams come out. The Dallas Mavericks in yep. 2011, they won it from the third seed. Um, so it can be done. But before we go into the Northwest Division uh, breakdown, a little bit of Blazer news happened while we you know took our summer delays in between podcasts. Uh what happened first in the in the timeline was uh, Festus Azili, I believe, in um, August, had a injection in his left knee and is going to be out six weeks. This is 
really no surprise. If anybody saw the team-friendly deal, I believe we got him for, what, $8 million and a team option for yep. next year? Yep. Uh, you had to have known something was up with his knee. It, it's a risk the Trailblazers are able to take with, with Myers and Ed and Mason and even Chief in that front court. And our owner's willingness to go over the cap. Yeah, and then you've also got Festus, who made the attempt to come to Portland first and says, hey, I really want to play for you. You're not just going to turn him away. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how many players do that to a small market team? Exactly, and we all saw how effective he can be. You know, yeah. Game two, he was just a menace against us, completely turned that, 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 that game around in that just short time span in that fourth quarter. Uh, he took over the game. He was unstoppable. We had no answer for him. And to be, I mean, that could have been the difference in that series. Mm. You know, you come back to Portland, one uh, one, you win that game three. Then something some things go right in game four. All of a sudden, you're up three one. We played them tough in game five. Who knows? I mean, it's in the past, but we have Festus now. It, it looks like um, his his. I'm reading off of a uh, Blazers Edge. It says Azili's left knee was injected with a bone marrow um, concentrate in Chicago, and it was meant to really alleviate pain and improve the function of his knee. I mean, I'm all for it. He's only going to sideline him six weeks. He probably will miss a little bit. I would imagine he would miss some preseason action. But he's still in San Diego with the team. If you follow CJ, any of the guys on Instagram or Snapchat, you know, Festus is having a great time. He's not really letting it. It's not, it doesn't seem like it's a huge deal to him. And developing chemistry with your guards is going to probably be a good idea for the long run of your team-friendly deal. You know, throw those lobs up. Big Fall is going to go grab them. Yeah, hit, hit wide twice. I'll get him. And then last week, Noah Von Ley, it kind of came out of nowhere, but he had the he had a bone fragment removed from his right thigh on went on last Wednesday. Uh, looks like he's only supposed to miss three to four weeks, which isn't too bad. He probably might miss a one or two preseason games, but it's a little bit of a bummer just because he's our youngest guy really, who was in the rotation, still has a lot of upside. So you want to see him get as many minutes in the preseason as possible. However, you know, it, it could have been a lot worse. So let's just get this taken care of now. I'm not really too concerned about it. Question about Noah Vonley. What do you think his role will be this season? I think his role is going to be similar to what Jermaine O'Neal had on that 2000 Blazer squad. Like, you're just going to have to wait your turn and, and earn your stripes in practice. Mm. Hopefully we don't Nothing wrong with that either. Hopefully we don't make the same mistake we we did with Jermaine and trading him and kind of a knee-jerk reaction to we got Del Davis out of it. But, you know, if your guys are constantly saying in practice how well some, some dude has eaten, um, which was the case with Jermaine, keep him. Um, you know, there's Noah can go one of few ways. One is he waits his turn a little bit and maybe just has to wait this year. Portland ends up moving Mason Plumley because he's a restricted free agent. Maybe things don't work out with Festus. He's, he's got a spot. He's still one of the youngest, and he played meaningful minutes last year. Two, he could just be traded in a package. You know, we have, what, 15 guys who could really play, so it's obvious the Blazers need a consolidation move. He could be a part of that because he does have some, probably some perceived value as a, a pretty recent lottery pick. And, you know, three, he just, he just emerges. I think there's a possibility that if somebody goes down, Noah steps in. Next man up type of mentality. Exactly. Next man up type mentality, and, and he's there. But he's still so young. He's still only 21 years old. And on a cost-controlled contract, which is kind Very of Very often, yes. So I really think it's a similar situation to Jermaine. Now, again, I'm not saying talent-wise I'm comparing him, 
just situation. It, it's very similar. He has a lot of good, talented bigs in front of him, probably not to the extent that the 2000 team had when you had Brian and Rashid and Arvidas, but it's still a really talented set of, of centers and power forwards. That, All real NBA players. And exactly. they, need their, they need their love. Exactly. So if I had you know, Chris the ball in front of me, what I think happens is I think either he's involved in a consolidation trade or the, a consolidation trade opens up time for him to play. Mm. I mean, that's a, this is a long season, man. So it, it definitely could happen. I'm starting to feel like it's going to be a he's going to have to wait his turn, young guy. And if you get time and you start out playing, guys, I mean, coach will play you. I think Stotts is going to have to play with his rotations a lot this year. So it really, it it really doesn't matter. You, you're gonna get an opportunity. It, there's a lot of fluidity in this in the bigs, at least. So let's move move ahead and look at the division as a whole. Obviously, when Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City to go to the Warriors, the division now suddenly became up for grabs. OKC had a stranglehold on this division, probably for the last five or six years, maybe even longer, and. While maybe the Western Conference isn't up for grabs, uh, the division is. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a small goal for a young team to look to achieve. I know a lot of people will say divisions don't mean shit. Division championships don't mean anything. Doesn't even guarantee you playoff seeding anymore. Um, it's really only good for a tiebreaker. But when you have a young team and really a, a team that hasn't won a lot since 2000. We have won two playoff series and we have won one division championship. We were co-divisions in, in 09, and we won in 2015. Um, that was also the year Durant was hurt. Yep. Uh, so you're, you want to look for things to build on. You know, you're a very youthful team. You want to look for just even the smallest thing like a division title. Be like, okay, we won the, our goal is to win the division this year. Let's make the Northwest Division our own. Then maybe the goal is Western Conference Finals the year after. And then like you just take these steps. Stepping stones. Exactly. And that's what you do when you're adding your roster. You don't need to go out and find you know, a Kevin Durant. That's not going to happen. You need to keep finding those stepping stone pieces. I think an Evan Turner. I think this is Azili. I think those are some nice pieces that we added while retaining our own. Those were good like building blocks. And just you keep acquiring them. And hopefully with a little bit of luck because every NBA champion needs a little bit of luck. We'll start, we'll start getting some of our own here in the Rose City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's obviously five teams in the West. Blazers, Wolves, Thunder, Jazz, Nuggets. It's right, five teams. Right. Number five, I, I think, is the easiest to pick. I, I think it's the Denver Nuggets. I, I know you're pretty high on them, no pun intended. <laughs> Denver but, Well, Mile High City as well. You're right. But I think this team, they remind me almost of the Utah Jazz of a couple years ago where they have a, a, a few nice young pieces, but they still lack a player who is going to be their, their bell cow for 82-game season. Like, who's going to really give you a bucket in the clutch over the course of you know six months of basketball, night in and night out? Who, who's going to be that emotional leader in the locker room? Um, they're still very young. Um, they do have a lot of trade chips, but I think this one was pretty clear that they're, they're the fifth team. Uh, they did add Jamal Murray uh, from Kentucky in the draft. We loved they, him. 
they re-signed uh, Darrell Arthur. They drafted Juan uh, Hernan Gomez. They drafted Malik Beasley out of Florida State. Um, and they brought back Mac Miller. They did lose uh, DJ Augustine and King Joffrey uh, Laverne, who got traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, this team, I think they're in a similar position to Portland where they just need to consolidate the shit out of that team and maybe get a big Oh, absolutely. Piece. They need a big piece because that backcourt is, especially the two. I mean, you, we, we talk about Jamal Murray, Malik Beasley, who they draft. They have Will the Thrill Barton. They drafted Gary Harris, I believe, in the lottery. Two, years ago, yeah. They really need to move couple of those guys and then they have you know Nurkic and Jokic they finally traded Laverne um Dano Wilson Chandler Will Barton there's a they, log jam of players they need I mean I hope they don't because the Nuggets are in a division but if they can you know coup another team into taking three or four of their Toyota Camrys and turning that into a, a Lamborghini then things will start to look really really good in Denver but for now I just you know, you, you like what you saw from Moutier uh, as a rookie, especially with no college experience. I think he played pretty well, given that he was an overseas, you know, kind of um, Brandon Jennings experiment type of guy. But I just, I don't see it. I, I really like Jokic. I really do. I think mm. he's an amazing young talent. And Barton is probably the perfect sixth man, especially for um, the altitude, where he can just run and run and run. He, I mean, he's going to wear you out. He's going to put on a show. But again, it, it comes down to who is going to put that team on their back. You're right about that not having a star player, and if they could fetch that, that makes them a lot better. But I really, really love Mike Malone, and they're adding smart uh, assistant and associate head coaches, which makes me feel like the organization's smart, and the, the players have bought into the culture because they tried to trade Dano and Darrell Arthur at the deadline, and they refused because they really liked Denver. And that's something I haven't seen from a small market team where people refuse to get traded. So I, I'm a believer in the culture that Mike Malone's put in place. Now it's just finding a real star player, which is very difficult. But at least they have Mike Malone, who never really got a chance as a head coach anywhere. So these next three teams, the Wolves, the Jazz, and the Thunder, I wouldn't have a problem if they were bunched up 2-3-4 in the division any which way. It's very difficult for me to almost, I mean, I want to, I want, I really want to pick the wolf second. Like you look at who they brought in, they brought in Tibbs, who who was a proven winner. They have the next great man child in the NBA, and Carl Anthony Towns. Chris Dunn looks like he could be a player coming out of Providence. Showed a lot of talent in in summer league. They still have Ricky Rubio. They still have Pekovic. Can you believe that Pekovic is their second highest paid player? Yes, just because he got that huge ass contract. It's Ricky Rubio. Peck and Kevin Garnett. They got so many young pieces. They still have KG. You know, they did add Jordan Hill, who's going to be a nice free agent big. They added Brandon Rush. They really added one of the most underrated centers in the game. And Cole Aldrich, he goes home up to Minnesota. I know he played at Kansas, but he's from uh, Minnesota. And then you've got, they're just bouncy. You know, Wiggins and Levine. Like, you don't really know what you've got there just yet because they're so young. But sometimes... When they get going, you see all of that potential. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then you see a lot of Rudy Gay performances from Wiggy. Yes. Yes, you do. So it's tough for me. I think for this, I think they're coming for that Northwest crown. They may have to wait a year. I would put them fourth right now, 
but I would not shock me if they finished as high as second in this division just because Carl Anthony is so amazing. Yeah, he's very good. I'm just worried, like, if I was a Timberwolves fan, I'd be worried about the shooting. It's only coming out of Bilalitsa, because Wiggy hasn't found a shot yet. Zach Levine sure as hell hasn't. And Ricky Rubio, and then Dunn really... Dunn can't shoot. No no one can shoot other than Bilalitsa. And I guess Rush now. I haven't seen him in so many years because he's been hurt, but... I remember him being a mid-range. Yeah, in today's NBA, you have to shoot because if I'm a team, I'm doubling Carl Anthony. I'm sagging in the paint so hard if I was any other team against them because it takes a long time for you to establish post position. I'd be sending double teams from anywhere, really, on Carl Anthony Towns and making Wiggy shoot the open J. And if he can't, that's a winning possession for you. If you're a Wolves fan, are you excited or are you nervous about the hiring of Tom Thibodeau? I'm nervous because he's the main guy. He is the coach and GM. If he was just my coach, I'd be ecstatic. His coaching method has shown me when he was with the Bulls, he played his wings way too much. You can say he played the starters too much, but Jimmy Butler and Luol Deng, he murdered them with minutes. I think he's a short-term minded person, and with a GM, that is not what you're looking for. You were trying to be thinking about next year and the year after that. So that worries me. Well, especially with a young team like the Wolves where, what, Carl Anthony is 20, Wiggins is 20, uh, Levine maybe is 21. Uh, the very young team, There's, it, they're actually Would in the Would you be perfect... the oldest person on the team if you were on that team? Possibly. Oh, no, Probably. with KG. But... Oh, yeah, KG. But his old ass is going to retire soon anyways. But they're almost in the perfect spot where they are like the – the Thunder, when they got Durant, Ibaka, Westbrook, you know, Harden, they're starting to build a similar core, but their peak could be perfect timing as Braun is starting to go into the sunset. You know, the Warriors would get a little bit older. So there, to me, there's no need to go and trade oh, a, no. a guy like Jimmy Butler. The perfect scenario, if you're, I think, a Wolves fan, is you, you get another lottery pick. Suck. They suck this year. Don't suck because I think you need to well, show you, some progress. You, you have won't, to you won't be a top three, four team, bottom four team, but another lottery pick. Like if they got if, saying if they're in that ten to fourteen range, I think that would be beneficial because if you're any lower, that means this isn't working. either. Yeah, either it's not working. Somebody got hurt, or maybe Carl Anthony isn't as good as we thought, and that would be scary. So you definitely want to see wins, just like when the Blazers. Um, we had Brandon and Lamarcus their first year. Like we definitely didn't want to make the playoffs because we knew we wouldn't make it anywhere. But you know we still wanted to show progress. We ended up finishing what seventh or eighth, That's and cool. we got lucky. We won the lottery. So if I'm an, a Wolves fan, I would not mind adding another young piece, especially a cap friendly piece. Mm-hmm. Like a shooting power forward. Just any, just best player available, and just start to build around Towns, and then. Maybe add your piece by trading a Rubio or a Pekovic or a Levine if if that if that's your way. What to do go. you think? What would do you think a Rubio centric trade would fetch them? I mean, I think the timing is everything. We saw in the NFL when Teddy Bridgewater unfortunately suffered that knee injury. Sad face. That the Philadelphia Eagles were able to fetch a first and a fourth round pick for Sam Bradford. The NFL, I, they value first-round picks almost more than their first-born children. Mm-hmm. So to see one get moved, not, not even mentioning a fourth-round, 
for Sam Bradford, who is the most mediocre of mediocre players in the NFL, just shows if you wait, if you wait and you're ready to pounce, some some team could be like, hey, we need Ricky. Either he's the backup, he's a six man, or a starter just went down. Maybe you can fetch a you know a first rounder and a young young piece or. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, but what I do know is that Chris Dunn is the future at point guard for this team, for that team. And both of them need to learn how to shoot. Yep. So I, I, I would agree with putting them forward just because there's, there's a, lot a lot of questions. Question marks. Did you see the the leak that Carl Anthony Towns posted on 2K? No. Oh, yeah, I, I think that's false. I don't think there's no way they're the fifth highest team. Uh, I'm thinking a lot of love, man. So if it, it's false, forget this, but... If this is a true statement, man, 2K is jumping on that bandwagon way too quickly. I, I think it's I think it was almost just the start conversation. I think okay. they did that stuff on purpose. Alright. So are you are you Thunder or Jazz third? I am Thunder third. Oh wow. I I I am not sold on the Jazz, so alright. I'm not sold on the Jazz as a contender. I'm sold on the Jazz making the playoffs. Hmm. I think why I have the Thunder third is I looked at this roster. So obviously, getting Russell to sign that extension, it, it's big because it you still have a superstar to build around. I personally still would move him because I think he's going to suffer from what Gerald Wallace and Sean Marion did once they hit 30 and completely fell off the earth because his g- game is based entirely off of athleticism. He's still not a knockdown shooter. But for this season, I mean, it's good that he's under contract. Uh, Victor Oladipo, they got him in the Ibaka deal, as well as um, Ursan Ilyasova mm-hmm. and the draft rights to uh, Baby Sabonis. They traded for uh, Joffrey Laverne from the Thund- for the Nuggets, which I really liked. Um, but they, they lost small forwards so desperately. They lost so Sage. They lost so much. I mean, you look, Randy Foy, Dion Waiters, who had a really good postseason for them. Uh, Serge Ibaka, yes, I know you look at his three-year period and it was starting downward projection, but he was still a core member of that team and obviously Kevin Durant. If you're a Thunder fan, I, I don't know I don't know what they're doing. I think, it, if, I think you're a Thunder fan. The delusions of Russell Westbrook just getting triple doubles is what you're talking yourself into. Yeah, and that's a whole lot of 45 wins and possibly missing the playoffs. Like yeah, they, getting beat out in 2015 because it can't happen if, if it is a competitive Western Conference. And Russell is a freak. He is an amazing basketball player. But to ask somebody to do that for 82 games with that much intensity, night in and night out, with all of the travel, with you know he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders, and you know he wants to show out and perform. Like, you know, I don't need KD. That's going to wear you down. Like, he's probably going to come out guns a-blazing, but this is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really worry about this team. And that's why I almost thought about putting them as low as four. Because, yes, I love Russ. I don't know how well Adams and Cantor can play for extended periods mm-hmm. of time. So you've really got a logjam at center because they're both amazing. Like, Adams is your defensive anchor. Cantor can just get you buckets down low. But, again, that's a lot of traffic in the middle if both of them are on the court at the same time and Russ because Russ drives a lot. And like you said, who's the shooter? Robertson can't can't shoot to save his life. Urson hasn't really had a productive year in in quite a while. three or four years. 
I mean, I, Kyle Singler. Like, really, who is who is their starting small forward? Josh Hirtis from Eustis. Yeah, Eustis. He was someone I pegged as a future D and three guy. But I I think that the small forward position for the Oklahoma's home most city Thunder is the worst in the league. It is. Yeah, those are the only two. Kyle Singler and Josh Eustis are the only small forwards listed on their roster at the time being. You know, Anthony, or I guess they could play Andre Robertson there because Oladipo is going to be playing. But Oladipo can't shoot so, either. Yeah, so I, I, they did not play Anthony Morrow, and he is like their only good three-point shooter now. But he hasn't had a season since he played with the Warriors, I feel like. Uh, New Orleans, that's why I like him. I don't think he was that hot in New Orleans, though. He was. <laughs> okay, just, just because I'm being petty as fuck right now. All right, check it out. <laughs> Okay, he shot 45 Boom! Okay, you win, you win. But he did only take 2.6 threes, which was very low for him. Well, it was a Monty Williams system. Can't expect him to shoot a lot of threes because of who his coaching tree is. Yeah. Boom. Mm, he did okay. I'll give you that win, but just by a small margin. You know what? Just like in fantasy football, a, a, a win by <laughs> – a win is a win. I'll take the win. So that's why I have the Thunder third. I could see them fourth. I could see them second, though. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not, but like you said, who's going to shoot the basketball? Like I don't necessarily love that fit of Oladipo and Westbrook in the backcourt. It would have been perfect if KD stayed, though. They don't have a shooter. I mean, the Timberwolves and the Thunder really don't have a shooter. They have a star of talent. Good coaching. They don't have shooters, but that's important because I'm loading up in the center, just like. So that's why I have them, them third. Do you think Monty, them finding someone to replace Monty as associate head coach is going to be big? Because they didn't have two of their assistant head coach uh, assistants last year. Do you think just having that extra help will get them like an extra win or two? Probably not. Not. I mean, it's. It's not like a head coach. I mean, yes, assistant, I guess assistant coaches, for certain players, assistant coaches matter. I don't know if it matters for the whole scheme of the game. Take Myers, for instance. I think him not having Kim Hughes here last season really hurt his production because Kim was a fantastic big man coach. They had a great relationship. He sounds Asian. He's not. He's just a tall white guy. Kim threw me off. So I think it can hurt players. Um, I've seen Monty Williams do wondrous things with Travis Outlaw here in Portland. But I don't know over the. I don't know if it affects an entire team though. Like if, it, if we had so and so assistant coach on the court, so yeah, maybe a win. Maybe I'll, I'll say maybe a win. I feel like I just won that one by default as well. Nah, I'm taking that one. I'm happy Monty's back coaching. So there. Okay, so we've got them three. I have the Jazz at two. Where do you have them? Well, I have them at three. So. The reason I have the Jazz at two, and I'm definitely not buying into the hype of them being a top four team out west or this, you know. That horseshit. They're going to get a playoff spot most likely. Yeah. The, this, I mean, this is a make or break year for the Jazz because. They'll replace one of the teams from the southwest division. Yeah. If you don't make the playoffs this year, you're going to have to start blowing it up because that core is obviously not good enough. But the questions about the Jazz that surround me are. Who is going to score the basketball? Yes, you can play defense. That's fantastic. You know, pat yourself on the back. That's great. You're still going to have to score more than 85 points per night, and you're still going to need a score just like the Nuggets to take over a game for an entire season. Like, who is going to be your 
your go-to guy. I don't think they even have a second option. I think Hayward is a perfect third option. I think they have a bunch of third options. They, they exactly they have a bunch of third options, but at a certain point, and I've seen this as a, a Blazer fan, uh, the '99 Blazers were loaded with third options. I would argue Rasheed Wallace might have been a second option in '99, but we were like 12 deep. We just we had a fantastic season, but we just ran out of gas, and when we got into late into the playoffs, we just didn't have that guy we we could lean on. It's Gordon Hayward. It's who they are hoping. Gordon Hayward is not going to make the All-Star team this year. He's not an All-Star caliber player. He's a very good player. I would love to see him in the red and black. Oh, he would be the perfect small forward. As a third option. Yeah, third option. I would love him in Portland. But But on a decent contract. What? I'm not paying out the ass for Okay, so the Jazz, they lose. uh, Tibor Place, Trevor Booker, Blazer Killer, by the way. Trey Burke, blazer killer. By the way, so they Ugh. lose two. They lose two blazer killers. Thought, I can't believe Trey Burke was a blazer killer. He, sucks. he destroyed us, though. I remember watching it, but he sucks. So they lose those guys. Tell yeah. tell me, what is it about George Hill, Joe Johnson, and a non Greg Popovich, Boris Diaw that is just getting everyone in a tissy over the Utah Jazz? I don't know. Joe Johnson's yeah. Joe Johnson is washed. Yeah, he's. He's washed. He doesn't play defense, man. Getting into like a bat- basketball argument on basketball Twitter about Joe Johnson. He's played like the entire season and got like four blocks. He's not that effective. He moves like a power forward. He moves and like he's Derek Favors. And he has to play small forward or shooting guard? That's not going to go well. And if Joe Johnson is playing crunch time minutes, but things aren't looking good for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, yeah who's scoring in crunch time? You know, I really, I will say this, I really like Rodney Hood. Yeah, but isn't he buried on the chart because of uh, Alex Burks? Alex Burks, Dante Exum. Well, Exum's a point, and I think Hood's going to get the starting nod at two. So they have they have nice pieces. I need oh, to Joe Johnson's going to come off the bench? Joe Johnson? Yeah. Oh, he's got to be, because Hayward, you're starting three. Because uh, I would have put him at the two. And, yeah, whatever. So I think the key for, for if you're a Jazz fan, you need to see that Rudy Gobert was not a one-hit wonder, which, he, which so far has been the case. He did not have the same type of defensive impact uh, that he did his rookie year. And he has to stay healthy. He has to stay healthy. And that's, we've seen that with big guys who are just long like that, like Yao, just Sean Bradley even, just guys that are just so freakishly big. Can they stay healthy? Because that's that's a lot of movement up and down the court for, I don't know, eight eight months of the year. I mean, just up and down and, and traveling. Gonna, let's say Rudy Gobert gets injured for twenty games. Are you going to win many games with Jeff Withy as your starting center? I love Jeff Withy coming out of Kansas. I was I wrong too. about him being good NBA player. And the thing with with Gobert is as good as he is. On defense, he's a he is a non-existent factor on offense. Would you, if you were a fan or if you worked for the Jazz, who would you tell him to emulate? Rudy Gobert. Yeah, Tyson. Hassan Whiteside. Oh, I was thinking Tyson Chandler. Either way, he needs yeah. to, DeAndre Jordan. I don't know why they don't throw rim runs. Up it's all about rim runs. It Just sets a to, pick and then runs to the hoop and catches the lob. Just get buckets. I mean, that's what he should do. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope he doesn't because that makes life. <laughs> That's going to be hard to stop for the Blazers pick and roll defense. But <laughs> I need to see more out of Derek Favors. I mean, even though we love him so, as a we, lo- we love him, 
but I think to an extent he is still a name. You know, he was a high lottery pick a few years ago. He's still trying to live up to that number two ranking. He's you know he's a, he's a he's a sexy name. Like oh, we added Derek Favors, but but he still isn't. I think. You know, a main option on offense, and he's still. I think he's going. an excellent third guy, or a good third guy. But yeah, but I. They're going to depend on him to be consistent, which and he hasn't I, shown that he can do. Yeah. Like he has shown the ability to be an all-star caliber power forward one night, and the other night you're like, this guy's a draft bust. Like this we're guy, yeah. show. Yeah. And I think in that, like their big three, if you want to call it that, just has to be consistent, and they have not shown the ability to be consistent their entire careers. So people banking on them to be the fourth or in the like the tier with the Blazers need to really think about consistency and how they haven't shown it. I mean, it's going to be a team. I think they're going to be tough because they're a difficult team to beat when they're at home. They oh, do the, play, the they pace. do play they do play good defense, but I think it's a team that if you can just out I, Obviously, I know you have to score more points to win the game. I, let's let's just put that out there. Mm. But if you can just beat them in a scoring contest, because mm. they can't keep up. So if the Blazers want to go outside and shoot those threes, get some open looks, you know we've had success against the Jazz in the past, and I just don't think their backcourt's going to be able to. I mean, there That's was one game, no. there was one game last year where our backcourt out outscored them. Yeah, it was like the New Year's Eve game. Twenty-five. It was the New Year's Eve game, right? Uh, it was one of the games. Yeah. No, it wasn't New Year's Eve. We lost that game. It was early in the season. Like oh, no, year. yeah, because the Jazz played well that game. Um, I could see that us splitting our, our season series with them just because... Which, norm, which normally happens. We yeah. never typically play well in Utah. They typically don't play well in Portland. But I think over the course of, of a season, they, you're going to see Portland's star power win out. Yeah, and, and I think we got better defensively, too. We're not at the Utah Jazz level defensively. But guys like Evan Turner and Festus Azili help raise that level. Portland played at a 55-win clip when we had Aminu starting at power forward. I think we're deeper. I think we are a little bit more versatile. Um, and we have the star players. When, you're, when I was watching the Blazers and Jazz, you just know Damian's going to step up and make a big play. Gordon Hayward, it could go either way. Some nights he could get hot. Other nights, you want him taking As an opponent, you're like, please, Gordon Hayward, try to take over the game. Yeah, that's why... They have a great defense. They will try and slow the Blazers down. And you know what? In Utah, man, it might work. Yeah, but not, I'm not. I'm. I, if they they'll make the playoffs, I think. Yeah, they'll they, definitely. They, I don't think they're advancing to the second round. Just and they're gonna be they're gonna be a tough out. Just because we we dog on the Jazz doesn't mean they're not a good team. They oh, are a very good not. team. But the hype, the hype is unreal. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. still unwarranted for a team that hasn't made the playoffs. And I'm too lazy to look it up, Sage. It's been a long time since yeah, he... Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I think 2009 might have been the last time they made the playoffs. Is that with Darren Williams? Or was that the, the Derek favorite straight? No, that was with Darren Williams. Let's actually... Remember when Darren Williams, there was a conversation who was the best point guard in the league, Darren Williams, Chris Paul? Yes. That's... Ugh. Guess which side I was on, and guess why I hated when anyone brought that up. Okay, they they made the playoffs in the lockout short in the year. Um, that doesn't they, matter. They went thirty six and thirty. They lost in the first round. Oh, they made it in twenty ten. Okay, okay. Either way, they it's been a long time since this team has made the playoffs, and I think they're going to be very tough for Portland to beat. But I'm glad we get to play them opening night. Set that set that tone. 
And I think the Blazers, yes, I am a, a homer. I am a Blazer fan for life. Always have been, always will be. I truly think we're the, we're the team to be in the Northwest Division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, we have shooters, man. And we have a system predicated on getting those shooters open. We got the best offensive coach in the, in the division. Easily. Yeah. Have you, I, I haven't seen the Blazers' new scheme or if they have one. But we got the best offensive coach. And Damian Lillard fits pretty damn well in that system. So Well, when you have not one but two guys who can take their man off the dribble and just score at will, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful and it's not very common. No. So we have we have two of those players that we can ride. You've got guys like Alan Crabb who can hit open threes. Mo Harkless is just, you know, an energizer bunny can come in and do everything here and there. Al Farouk Aminu is, is a very versatile stretch four, amazing defender. And then you've got Plumley, who's able to initiate the offense. Azili adds that toughness, that interior scoring. Ed Davis, the garbage man. Evan Turner, the new addition, who's going to be able to handle the ball. I'm really excited to see what Evan Turner can bring and how much he can take off of Dame and CJ's plate. Their plate was a little over overfilled, I think, at times last season. So it'll be nice to see Turner come in. Bring back the art of the mid-range jumper, and do you think he'll be a fan favorite? Because I totally think Evan Turner will. I mean, to be honest, I think all our guys. Are, is there one player out? I think the only polarizing player we have on this roster is Myers Leonard. Okay, everybody, yeah. <laughs> everybody else is in love with every other Blazer. Myers is the only person that I don't <laughs> like, but everybody has a role, and if they stick to that role, I'm fine with them. Yeah, you got Myers. Bring him in against you know Rudy Gobert. Or, he is your or he's matching boogie. centers, or boogie, and he's going to bring him out and shoot that three. If you can get Gobert out of that paint, that's a win. Drive lanes for Dame and CJ. Exactly. So this team, yes, while you look at them on paper, they might not blow you away, but you said it perfectly. They all complement each other yep. very nicely. And I don't think it's a finished roster. I still think Olshay has got a, a move or two up his sleeves that will happen either during this season, um, maybe maybe next year. If you were a betting man, do you think a trade happens in the next twenty in the next uh, twelve months? Oh, for sure. I just okay. don't know when because okay. if, if we're playing well, I don't know if he's going to make a move. I, I do know that they're probably not going to want to pay Mason Plumley what he's going to be given in the open market as a restri- as a restricted free agent. So you, he'll be the guy to go most likely, and then Bonley yeah. if as a sweetener. It's so hard to tell because is Azili's knee is it healthy? Is Ed Davis still producing on that six-man role? Like, is Vonley, is he showing signs of life? What's Myers doing? Is he looking like an albatross of a contract, or is he living up to that lottery pick you know, status that he was? So there's just too many unanswered questions to say right now when the trade happens or who it entails. But I do think at some point the team, he, he is, Neil O'Shea is lining up to make that Chris Paul to, to, to the Clippers deal. He's gathering assets. He's acquiring them. And he's going to try to package them together for that one piece. And don't forget, we have our draft pick this year as well. That'll be fun to talk about the 24th pick in the draft next year. We've been doing this for an entire year. What has been your best or most favorite moment or the, the thing that you've called that you're most proud of? Oh, the thing that I – so there's two. One was I predicted 37 wins. Yes, I know we got 44 but at the time, it was... That was a lofty pick. It was 9, 10 more 
than, than Vegas, than, than most people. I remember telling a couple of my coworkers that, hey, I'm excited for the season. I was tired of watching LaMarcus dribble the ball and shoot fucking mid-range jump shots um, like they were going out of style. I was excited to watch a new brand of basketball led by Damian Lillard. I, I knew CJ had it in him. I just trusted Neil O'Shea. Like, he brought in Al Farouk Aminu. Um, I liked that we got Mo Harkless on the cheap. Um, I just liked this group that we had. Did I ever, in my wildest dreams, envision we would make the second round of the playoffs and give the Warriors a run for their money? Absolutely not. But the fact that that happened was just icing on the cake. I think my other favorite moment was predicting that victory against the Warriors coming out of the All-Star break. That one... There was a lot of speculation from mine and Evans. And we housed those motherfuckers. Yeah. I think my my best call was, I think it was like the third episode. I brought to you that the fact that we have players that are small ball and traditional. And I said Al Farouk Amino would probably be the stretch four of on our team. That one I feel pretty good about because I didn't see anyone else saying that. You were on the you were on that bandwagon first. Yeah, so it took me a while to get on there too. I I feel pretty good about that one. That was probably my best. What about your worst? I I know which one, it, what it should be, but you might have uh, some other ones. What, what I, it's all sunshine and roses on my end. What do you? <laughs> Uh, it was our opener, the first one, the first episode. Of oh. <laughs> oh, man, I still stick by that. Uh, I think he does have potential. I don't know if he'll... So the the moment in reference is we asked outside of Lillard, who was probably Portland's most likely all-star, it should have been CJ. I went with... <laughs> yes, it should have. I went with Myers. I was still drinking the Kool-Aid after the Memphis series. Can he probably be an all-star? I, I don't know, but I think he can still play like he did in that Memphis series. Even, like We went over this numerous occasions on, on the podcast. Myers bet against himself, which I think put a lot of internal pressure on him. He was without um, assistant coach Kim Hughes kind of like tutoring him, and then he got injured. You add all that up together, it is going to be a disappointing season. So I really do expect a lot bigger things from Myers uh, this season and and moving forward as well past the season. Wow, I'm trying to think if I've said something. Well, I know I said some crazy shit. Um, who was it? Who was your? You were talking with Big John. It was um Chris, uh, Chris Middleton. Middleton. Yeah, you that's kept hyping a, him up. That's not a bad one. He's a good player. No, but he kept shit in the bed every oh, game. I felt I felt so bad. He missed like his first ten. But he made 20 points that game, I think. Yeah, on like 40 shots. Yeah, well, you know, Rudy Gay does that sometimes. I need to find another small four that chucks a lot. Um, that one might... I don't, I don't feel bad about that one. It'll be a fun... It's, it's been a fun oh, ride. I know what mine is. I love Jeremy Grant, and he missed the free throw that would have beat Blazers. I, I said, he's, gonna, he's, a, he's a difference maker. Well, he was. <laughs> He yeah, missed he those free throws. Yeah, he missed those free throws. I remember just seeing random Blazer fans saying, fuck Jeremy Grant. He missed the free throws. Why fuck him? Anyway. <laughs> it's been a fun ride. I already paid I paid for another year. So we're here for another year. So get used to us. And we'll be back to our once the once preseason gets rolling, we'll be back to our regularly scheduling reg ugh, that's a mouthful tonight. Our regular We're, schedule. You've been kind of rusty, and I've been grumpy this this episode. I don't know why. But 
you know, it's uh, we still got four weeks till the season starts, and we're, we're we're almost over the summer. Like we're summer is almost over. I haven't worn pants in like four months, man. It's been fantastic. Hashtag I'm, work from home. I'm actually pretty stoked because Thursday is a ticket presale, and I'm getting opening night tickets. I just it's that time of the year. I cannot wait. You probably you probably dig fall a lot because you are a fashionable fella. And oh, fall is my favorite, yeah. favorite, favorite season on so many levels. Whether it's the weather, the sports, the fashion, I am all about the the burgundies and the olive greens and the navy blues. Those those fall colors. Oh yes, all day. Uh, I normally wear black or gray. I'm I'm boring. He's a he's a fashion guy. I am gonna buy a bunch of Mitchell and Ness hoodies and beanies, so that's cool. I actually you'll be proud. I actually got more Blazers shit than Pelican shit on my cart right now. Very proud of you right now. It's only a matter of time. It's but only they, matter. To be completely honest, Mitchell and Ness has better shit for the Blazers than the Pelicans. Without a doubt. The the history of the Blazers far surpasses the the four years of Pelicans. So I think we will have a season preview podcast coming up next, probably closer to um, the end of the month. So this, you know, if you fuck with us, give us that five star rating on iTunes. Um, subscribe to the podcast. If you don't, if iTunes isn't your jam, we're on Stitcher and SoundCloud at Holy Backboard PDX. You can also find us um, on Twitter and Instagram at Holy Backboard. Very active during the season, and you know, Sage. I'm just ready. Like it's, it's, it got here so much faster than I thought. Once we got past that month, there was like a three week period from when the finals ended to when the free agency started. And once we got past those three, three weeks, it's just been like all downhill. Like it's been smooth sailing. Like we got our free agency out of the way. Summer league out of the way. Training camp. It's so close. And then the, I love preseason because I want to see guys like Noah. I want to see, you know, Jake Lehman, how is he doing? I just want to see everyone. You know, Fan Fest will be super fun to go to. Um, I, I just can't fucking wait. Shout out to Michael Gonzalez, who actually emailed me on the actual email and said how he appreciates us. Oh, shit. See, I purposely didn't give the email drop because I didn't think anybody emailed no, us. No, this so. is the first email ever. So ever. it is holybackboardpdx at gmail.com. Like, for real, I use it as, like, a business email. But I was like, whoa, that's an actual fan email. That's never happened before. So, Sage, between now and October 3rd, when the preseason kicks off, how many audiobooks are you going to be listening to? I bought four, so probably eight. Did you use our free code? No, because I already have. Well, for our listeners who haven't used it, what, what should they do? This podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download of a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash holybackward. But it's time to bounce. Yep. I have to, I've, hold, I've held the piece since we were talking about uh, the Nuggets. <laughs> That's almost a good hour. So, you know, thanks for listening, <laughs> Rip City. Uh, we'll be back uh, later this month. But until then, go Trailblazers. Let's go!